0: a planet of peace. The artisan colony of the planet Kiros created a society without weapons. Instead of war, they pursued art and beauty. But in the Clone Wars, even peace-loving worlds are seemingly forced to change sides.
1: again, Bucketheads, Maevar Tigar. Welcome to the 143rd Rootin' Tootin' to Grootin' episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember to find us on social media, we're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow the show, and of course, share it with all the other Mandalorians in your covert how is everyone doing? Welcome back to another exciting installment of our Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch series. I am hoping that I uh, do not sound unusual today. Uh, for shortly before recording this episode, I bit my tongue <laughs> eating my lunch very, very hard. <laughs> and uh, it's a, I feel a bit swollen on that side of my mouth. So, But the show must go on, a swollen tongue or not. So we will power through. And, and discuss today's exciting installment of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, this is an arc that I'm really looking forward to, to rewatching, watching and getting to discuss with with everyone listening because it is a, in my opinion, a very important arc uh, for the emotional journey that it puts Anakin through but also for the commentary that it offers us as to, to examine the Clone Wars themselves and how this is all part of the Sith's plan to... Undermine the Republic and the Jedi Knights. The Jedi Order, excuse me, if you want to be more broad about it. So, really looking forward to this. Uh, A little bit of background information. This is, I believe, a three-episode arc. But it has its roots in the original Dark Horse comic book series that they did for the animated series uh, that originally first brought to comic books Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tano. And this is the first, I believe, first six issues of that comic book series, written by Henry Gilroy, who's w- written for the Clone Wars animated series in the past, uh, brought this arc to the comic books, and they have adapted it into Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series now. So, uh, really interesting, and I—it's uh, funny, as I, I sort of forgot about that until I started watching. I was like, wait a second! So, it made me want to start going and digging through my comic books, which uh, I will have, probably do after the show is over, because I would like to actually revisit the source material, uh, so that we can talk about it with a little bit more. Uh, you know, just kind of compare and contrast sort of scenarios, if I can find them. <laughs> Currently, my comic books are scattered uh, in several different locations, uh, secondary and third locations. <laughs> What's the third location? Third dairy? tri Locations across San Diego. Uh, <laughs> because that is the nature of having way too many comic books uh, in your when you're in your 40s. It is what it is, though. We will, I will track those down eventually and figure out how to read them. Hopefully by before this arc ends. Uh, but yeah, that's, so that, that's really exciting. I'm really interested in this. We're bringing in the Zygerian uh, slavers into this arc, uh, into this series. And obviously the slavery aspect, as I sort of alluded to, big connections to Anakin and, and the Jedi and, and what's going on with the clones. So I'm really, really looking forward to diving into this episode. This is Season 4, Episode 11, Kidnapped. Original air date was November twenty fifth, two 2011. Directed by Kyle Dunleavy, written by Henry Gilroy from the comics, and additional uh, work done on this script by Stephen Melching, who's just been on fire this season of the episode. Let's go ahead and check out our plot this week. The Separatists support Zygerian slavers in taking over a Togruta colony on the neutral planet of Kiros. Anakin and Ahsoka race to defuse a series of bombs, while Obi-Wan faces the Zygerian leader, Darts Dinar. So the, the plot the description that's available on IMDb uh, much like the title of the episode itself, uh, sort of undercuts the mystery of what happens to the the, the Togruta colonists, um, the, as the episode states, kidnapped. So when Anakin and and, and Ahsoka and Obi Wan are like, "Hey, where's the Togruta colonists?" <laughs> the audience already knows the answer to this, <laughs> and and by the time we we are sort of told about the Zygerians and their slave trader history and roots. Uh, I think we've all put these pieces together maybe a little bit qu- more quickly than the Jedi do. Uh, it, it, that, and that just sort of happens sometimes. Again, the, the, the title of the episode of Lone Kidnapped really gives it away right off the bat. So a little bit of a, maybe a misstep when it came to deciding on what this one was going to be called if we were to try and build up the mystery of what happened to these Chagruta colonists. Uh, because if you read the episode description that pops up on Disney+, Plus. It just says Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi Wan must investigate the dis- disappearance of a of a of a colony. You know, it's very very vague, very general. Um, and you're like, again, but you see the episode "Kidnapped." The title "Kidnapped," and you're like, well, clearly they didn't just mysteriously disappear; they were kidnapped. It's in the name. Anyways, let's talk about our cast for this week. Once again, Matt Lanter is back as Anakin Skywalker. Ashley Eckstein is Ahsoka Tano. James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Plo Koon is a small part. Nick Jameson is Darth Sinar. Dee Bradley Baker is uh, is all the Clone Troopers. Tom Kane is Yoda. Admiral Yularn and our narrator. Matthew Wood is back as the voice of the Battle Droids and the Tactical droid. Corey Burton is Count Dooku. And Ricardo Mahmoud Vega is Atai Molek a character we will spend more time with in the, in the second and third episode of the ARCs if memory serves correctly. So that is our, our principal voice cast for this week. Um, and before we kind of dive into the episode, I want to talk a little bit. I, I read some of the, the comments on um, this episode on IMDb. And uh, there's not a ton posted about this episode. But one thing I did want to address, because this is actually one of the few times that we're seeing uh, Toe in, in, in a very different light than what we've seen them in the in the past you know up to this point with the with the exception of ahsoka tano we mostly see have seen shakti up to this point the jedi master herself uh, but we haven't seen a lot of the tigruta people out and about now we've gotten a little bit more information about them since this episode originally aired in 2011 uh, and and we're learning more about them now through the high republic stuff uh, those novels have sort of begin have sort of chronicled Togruta joining the Republic, and and through those books we've learned that the Togrutans are a very um, a, a capable warrior culture, right? That's a big part of who they are. But these Togrutans that we are introduced to here in this for in this first opening episode of this the Slaver's Ark, uh, they reject that. They are pacifists. This is an artist colony. Uh, there are no weapons to be to speak of. They they created a society of, of, of peacefulness. And so, you know, we're going to open up the episode proper with the leader of the of this artist colony uh, and his conversation to Master Yoda and, and saying how the separatists are here and blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of setting the stage for everything. And yeah, I, I think it's important to, to establish that the Zagrutins the, the themselves are a, a very capable warrior culture. This is not them. This is a very different side of the, the Scruton people that we've seen so far. So unless they're planning on, um, you know, coming at those battle droids with a bunch of paintbrushes, uh, they, they they weren't going to stand much of a chance against Dooku's forces as they arrive on the planet Kiros. Uh, so they, they give in very, very quickly because because they have nothing else they can do. Uh, so they are really uh, relegated to this sort of a, a, what Dooku terms as like a peaceful occupation, but we'll talk about that as we get into it but i did sort of want to put that out there that that these tegrutins are not sort of they're a little bit different than than the tegrutins as as we get to learn about them in various other media thus far uh, you know as again the tegrutins are, are sort of a, a culture that we do not know a ton about at the moment and i hope that will change over time but for now this is a, this is a bit of an outlier these this tegrutin artist colony um doesn't maybe necessarily represent these two, the routines to the best uh, of what we know them to be capable of through Shakti and through Ahsoka Tano. But there it is, all right? <laughs> so I think I've kind of preambled enough, and it's, it's time to dive into it. I think, it's, I think that, you know what that means. It's time. Strap on your buckets. Let's go.
2: The simple truth is there is not a warrior among us, Master Yoda. An armed conflict will destroy us. We will negotiate with Count Dooku if we are able.
3: Trust Dooku. You cannot.
1: Send help. I will.
2: I'm afraid it is too late. The Separatists have already arrived.
1: Alright, so the Separatists have arrived first. This is inevitable. The Takrutans know that they don't stand a chance. They'll try to negotiate as best they can. Uh, But we know what Dooku is like about negotiations. Uh, we also get our first glimpse at the Zergarian who comes with Dooku to the planet, and this is a big show of force on the part of the Separatists as they roll out, you know, just a countless amount of battle droids uh, into this peaceful artist colony on Kyros. That I think they know that has no opposition to them, has no secret weaponry or arsenals around to defend themselves. So this is just a show of force at this point. And again, Dooku will spin it uh, as he has done to, on many other planets up to this point in the Clone Wars, and. The DeGruittons just have to take it, because they can't really do anything else about it. Uh, I want to talk about, because I didn't state it earlier, we did, we did not talk about our Jedi fortune cookie for this week's episode, which is uh, where we are going always reflects where we come from. Now this, again, I think this most strongly connects to Anakin. We know about his his, his past as a slave. It is it is a lot of the impetus in, in Star Wars Episode I, uh, you know, Being sold by the Hut cartels into slavery, being being uh, uh, gambled away by Gardula the Hut to Wato, and how being a slave impacted him and affected him as as a small child, and how that has still he still wears those scars, uh, even now as an adult, and he has a very strong opinion on slave uh, on slavery in the Republic. Again, they talk about it in episode one. We can go back to that if you want. When when. Uh, I think it's it's Padme's talking about how didn't the didn't the galaxy or didn't the Republic outlaw slavery? Well, sure, but t- Tatooine's on the on the fringes. It's out on the outer rims, and and that is where we spend most of our time in the in the in the Clone Wars conflict is planets in the outer rim, and that is sort of beyond the reach of the Republic. So we're gonna get a lot of backstory about the Zygerians as they're introduced in this episode, and and the, the the slave empire they built, and how the Jedi broke that empire a thousand years ago, whatever it turns out to be, and again so so we'll contextualize it in that regard but i also want to say that the, i think the fortune cookie could also apply to the zygerians themselves because they're trying to bring back that empire of slave building and slave trading and and they want to restore the glory of their empire and they're going to do it on the backs of these Turgut, turgutin slaves that they've just captured and 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 you know Again, sort of, this, sort of this quest to recapture the glory of, of yesterday, even though they did it through such horrible, horrible means. But they want their glory back, and then it'll be at all costs. And that, that'll be something that we get to discuss as these episodes play out, as we get into the, the three episodes of this arc. Uh, we'll get more into the, the Zygarians and, and uh, where they come from and where they're going as a people and, and, and the notion of slavery in the Republic. Uh, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm saving my big ace card. If you know this podcast, you know I got I got a little, little something up my sleeve for the very end of this episode uh, because ooh, I'm I'm so excited to talk about slavery in the Republic. It is it is ooh. If I could write a thesis <laughs> on slavery in the Republic, ooh, I'd be all up over it. Ooh, excited. I'm pumped up. Let's go ahead and check out. Uh, let's go back to the artist colony. Let's get into the episode a little bit more as as Duku sort of like. You know, doing his, his, his uh, schmoozing sort of thing, you know, like laying it down, putting it on super thick so that, uh, that everyone's like, oh, no, this is a good thing that we're here. We're going to protect you from the war itself. Like, this is just like a defensive thing. Don't even sweat it. Yeah, I, I, if you don't know Dooku's shtick by now, my goodness. But let's check it out for, for, for posterity's sake.
2: Count Dooku, we have chosen to remain neutral in this war. Why have you launched this invasion against us? Think of our presence as a peaceful occupation for your protection as well as ours. I have heard the tragic stories of worlds caught between your droids and their clones. What of my people? While I am helpless to prevent the fighting, I can offer your people sanctuary, a safe haven until the conflict has ended. Thank you, Count. Yours is a kind offer but
1: I insist. So it sounds like they're getting relocated pretty pretty heavily. And <laughs> the, Again, there's not much, they don't have much to negotiate with, right? This is just going to happen whether they agree or not. So uh, I think they're sort of just hoping that Dooku is being benevolent. Uh, and I think we all know better. But let's check it out as we get our first uh, glimpse of the Zygerian, sort of the tone that Dart Dinar carries with him.
3: Round up the citizens, all of them. Roger, yeah. roger.
1: That doesn't sound good when you say round up the citizens. That can't bode well for the citizens themselves. Bad, bad tidings. So it's been 10 days since Master Yoda had that exchange and the Separatists arrived. Now our public forces arrived to Kiros, and they're going to make a landing effort and see what the situation is. We get to see the 501st deploying their soldiers, their troops, boots on the ground, if you will, the, all the... All the Machinery they bring with them. We get some cool little speeder bikes, and we get, we get to see some new ones. that have like a little side gunner carriage. Uh, so we see Obi Wan piloting one of these speeders with Rex in the gunner seat, and Anakin piloting the other one with Ahsoka in the gunner seat, uh, which will lead to a really cool action sequence where we get to see the, the the sort of coolness of those speeders in the gunner seats, which can swivel around and shoot back at, at the soldiers at the enemies from behind that are coming at you from behind. Which I thought was really really neat. So I really enjoyed that that battle sequence. But before we get to that. Uh, let's sort of check in with our heroes as they're, they're moving through this colony on, on these speeders. Uh, but there's, there's nothing to be found. There's no droids, no colonists, nothing. And, and Ahsoka is the first to note this.
3: Anybody else think it's too quiet? I haven't seen any colonists.
0: They're probably hiding. Let's hope they stay hidden. It makes our job easier if we don't have to worry about them in battle. I don't like it. Because I've never been shy about using as living shields. I'm sure they're here somewhere. Let's make for the city center.
1: And it's shortly after that, that we get that battle that I talked about on the speeders, uh, and it's a really cool sequence. But the Jedi and the and the clones do their duty, and they they mop up the droids pretty easily. Uh, let's check out what happens in the aftermath here as Obi Wan's getting the lay of the land, as the clones have advanced around the city center. Take it away, Commander Cody.
0: Cody. Any word from the Separatist commander?
1: He's barricaded
0: inside. His name is Darts Danar. He has sent you a message, sir.
3: Master Kenobi, come to the tower. We will
0: negotiate terms for surrender. Well, that was easy. Zygerian scum! I'll handle that slaver. Anakin, he asked for me. I need you to locate the missing Togruta colonists. Fine. I'll have Admiral Yular initiate a planetary bioscan.
1: All right, so Anakin's tone has changed very, very differently with the revelation that the Zygerians are here on the planet working with the Separatists. And and, uh, (laughs) Anakin's very strong feelings about that, very emotional about that. And again, Obi-Wan understands all of this. But his choice to sort of not talk to Anakin, not try to talk him down, uh, is, is an interesting call. And I think sometimes uh, Obi-Wan doesn't know quite how to handle Anakin in situations like this. Uh, so that's why he and Ahsoka are about to have a very interesting conversation. And I, and I think Obi-Wan hopes that Ahsoka, being more like Anakin, uh, will be able to sort of talk him down, center him a little bit more. Um and let's see how that. But I, I like this conversation between Obi Wan and Ahsoka as, as Obi Wan has to provide a lot of the information that Ahsoka doesn't have about her master.
3: Why is he so upset?
0: Anakin has never talked about his past, has he?
3: Only to tell me he won't talk about it.
0: As a child, Anakin and his mother were sold into slavery by the Hut clans.
3: Oh, and these Zygerians, they're slavers.
0: Anakin has struggled to put his past behind him.
3: <sighs> Don't worry. I'll keep an eye on him.
1: Yes, make sure you do. All right, let's go to Darts Dinar in the tower on the communique with uh, another Zygerian, the one I talked about earlier, who will be in more episodes soon, and Count Dooku. And we find out that the Darts Dinar is not... Um, just going to roll over for the Jedi and for the clone army now. He's got a plan. And let's hear a little bit about this plan as uh, as Obi-Wan's going to make his way into the scene as well.
3: <laughs> the last shipment has been received, Denar. Our... I understand the Jedi have attacked. Why are you still there? I'm going to make the Jedi pay for their arrogance. I have them right where
0: I want them. Do tell.
2: Gentlemen, meet Obi Wan Kenobi, Jedi Knight. <sighs> and I'll bring him to me
0: on his knees with pleasure. We were going to discuss surrender. Yes, you will surrender. We obviously have a misunderstanding, my friend. No, you are wrong, Jedi. Am I? You're no doubt aware your droid forces have been destroyed and you are surrounded. Do the honorable thing and give up now, Dinar. I promise you will receive fair treatment.
1: All right, let's pause it right there real quick. Uh, just to kind of catch everyone up. Again, we're doing an audio podcast. So some of the things we're seeing that are visual here, you might be like, what the heck? So at a certain point, Obi-Wan realizes that, hey, I'm going to hit my comm device. We're going to loop in Anakin into this conversation as things have turned. This is not going to be a simple surrender as we all thought it was going to be. There's more going on here. I think Obi-Wan senses there is a plot in play. And it's time to clue in his partner, his good friend, Anakin Skywalker, as he attempts to negotiate with the Zygarian. And the Zygarian, Darth Zanar, is going to give us a lot of uh, background into why the Zygarians are so angry at the Jedi Knights, as you heard the one snarl as he caught sight of Obi Wan Kenobi as he entered the room. So let's hear a little bit about that now from Dartsinar himself as he sits perched up on this desk, uh, petting the sort of like native owl like creature. It's purple and green. Um, <laughs> that's apparently native to Kiros, and uh, he plans on putting it in cages <laughs> to, to sell on the market. So there you go.
3: You've broken through my defenses. You think you've won? Think again. I have planted bombs all over the city.
0: No one will survive. Now,
3: surrender.
0: If you're not bluffing, then I must concede. But you'll have to make considerations. First, you release the colonists. Here is my counter offer.
1: So they've just blown up a building that was empty. Dinner. I was going to tell Obi Wan that. But we, what they, the Jedi don't seem to know yet, and again, I find this a little convenient for the plot, for the story itself, is why can't the Jedi sense the Togruta on the planet? You know, they can't find them. They don't see them. There's no sign of them. Why can't they feel them in the Force to, to know if they're there or not? But now perhaps I'm giving too much credit to the Force itself. Um, perhaps the, the Togruta, Togruta colony is too small for that sort of... Um, sensation throughout through the force to be felt again i'm just sort of wondering here i'm speculating a little bit maybe i'm giving the force too much credit maybe i'm giving the jedi too much credit we know we know that their their powers are a bit muted by everything going on with the clone wars and the shroud of the dark side that's fallen over them but i feel like there's ample evidence to support the idea that hey wait maybe these Zygerrian slavers are up to no good with these tigruta colonists maybe maybe I don't know, again, I, I sort of <laughs> uh, I, maybe just a, a small critique on, on on some of the finer points in this episode. So after this bomb's been set off, we now know that Darth Sinar is not messing around. Now, the Jedi still think there are colonists to save, uh, so they're going to rush around to f- try and find the bombs. Now, this is how Obi-Wan and Anakin work. You know, uh, uh, Obi-Wan loops them into the, into the calm conversation so Anakin knows what Obi-Wan knows. So that means that Obi-Wan knows that Anakin's going to go and look for the bombs uh, and hopefully defuse the bombs. So now it's up to Obi-Wan to stall and buy as much time as possible for Anakin, Ahsoka, and uh, the, the clone troopers to find and disarm the bombs and, in their minds, save the, the Chogrutia colonists from from being blown up. Uh, now let's cut back as Obi-Wan is buying time and, and sort of be like, hey, Zygerian friend, what, where's all the hate coming from? <laughs> Let's talk.
0: Very well. I
3: surrender. Long before this war, you Jedi destroyed the great Zygerian slave empire. I would
0: kill you now, but Tuku would prefer you alive. I understand your frustration. It is unfortunate you and I cannot resolve our differences as you do in the Zygerian tradition. <laughs> with no weapons you would fight me for good reason say if I win you reveal the location of the colonists and the bombs and if I win I will deliver you to Duku
3: in a cage like one of these filthy creatures
0: perhaps
1: So no one, two, three, go, or, or square off or a bell ringing. Uh, just picks him up, headbutts him, and throws Obi-Wan across the room. So the Zygerian way has uh, begun. And again, this definitely feels like a stalling tactic on Obi-Wan's part. He's going to take a beating here to buy Anakin and Ahsoka the time they need to locate the bombs and uh, defuse the bombs before they can kill anybody that uh, might be in the vicinity of said bombs. Now, I know we're not there yet. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, because Obi Wan lets this go on for a while, he takes and Obi Wan takes a beating here from this from Darth here, this this angry angry Zigerian. Um and I I sort of get the I, I get the feel that he's playing with him, but I really wish there had been a moment that once we get to the end of Obi Wan and Ahsoka and and Anakin, you know, once the, once the bomb situation is dealt with, I really wish it was a bit more uh, obvious. That Obi-Wan had been playing with him, like, you know, all of a sudden, Obi-Wan gives him, like, you know, the punch that he should have given him, you know, a long time ago, and, and just knocks him out unconscious. That, I think that would have been an incredible way to sort of resolve the darts in situation. situation. Uh, you get a little bit of that moment, but it's it's not quite as satisfying as if Obi-Wan had laid this guy out all of a sudden once he knew that the the bombs were disarmed. Just my personal little thing here. But let's go, I think we're going to check in now with Ahsoka and Anakin as they are attempting to locate the bombs uh, on the planet. They were able to use R2 to do this, by the way. They they scaled back from having the planetary scan done. R2, uh, Anakin says that R2 can get it done faster by, by being hooked up in the local network there, and that's exactly what they do. So R2 locates the bombs. Ahsoka and, pa- uh, <laughs> Ahsoka and Padme. Ahsoka and Anakin know where to go. And we get to some uh, bomb diffusing by way of lightsaber, which makes it so that, wow, if you just had a lightsaber, you could defuse any bomb in the galaxy, apparently, which is a pretty useless bomb if you think the Jedi are coming. It's <laughs> just a thought.
3: There must be a wire we should cut, or something to stop the countdown.
0: Stand back. <laughs>
3: Did you know that would work?
0: I trusted my instincts.
3: You mean you guessed.
0: Yeah, but it was an educated guess. Now come on, there's plenty
1: more to go. Let's check back in with Obi-Wan, who's uh, taken it on the chin, literally, from that Zygerian slaver, Darts Sinar. And uh, Darth is going to give us a little bit more background into the Zygerian slave empire of old and uh, how he longs for those days to return and bring back the glory of the Zygerian empire.
3: For thousands of years, Igeria supplied slave labor to the galaxy. We prospered. Our customers prospered. Then the Jedi came.
1: So Obi Wan clearly makes that move there to defeat or to, to, to distract from the news that uh, uh, Republic forces are moving against Darth's plans. They are locating the bombs. They are are disabling the bombs as they go. So yeah, Obi Wan stalling for time and, and 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 buying as much time as possible for for Anakin and Ahsoka. Uh, let's go back into that conversation with the Zygerian, with Darth Sinar as he's as he's sort of getting on his little uh, little soapbox here about the Zygerian slave empire and how they, 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 their people prospered from the slave trade. And all the customers who bought slaves from the Zygerians, they prospered from the slave trade. Uh, they Again, it's it's a complicated topic in the sense that it's something that we don't know much about these Zygerian people. We don't know much about their culture necessarily. But they clearly have no no moral uh, issue with, with coming to other planets, taking people, and turning them into slavery by, by stealing people's freedom and 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 turning them into slave labor to to be sold there's there's no sort of issue with that like you are a conquered people or or we're we're just stealing you or abducting you whatever means by which they're doing it there's no mention of that whatsoever um and again that's sort of like the, the one of the we, we've talked in the past about how Star Wars is sometimes has to be sort of held in check because it can't get into some of these heavier, weightier topics. You know, like, like, the fact that they're even talking about slavery at all in Star Wars The Clone Wars is, is really exciting and really fun. But you're never going to get, like, that, that sort of deeper, um, you know, analysis of, of, of the galactic events, right? You know, we, it's Star Wars, we're supposed to sort of take what they're talking about and sort of find our cultural context in our world, in our life to sort of put onto these put these things onto so that we understand them in a way that they can't necessarily talk about them. Uh, but it, it is interesting to me, and again, as this arc plays out, the Zigerian queen will later on be, be sort of forced to confront the issue of slavery and, and what that really means for her, her people and, and sort of the way that they're viewed for these actions. And, and we're, we're, we're going to get there. And again, I, I can't speak about it right now because I don't remember the specific beats because, again, I'm rewatching these as, as we're talking about them. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. I just remember a couple beats for the story, <laughs> but but yeah, it's 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 sort of interesting how much Star Wars leaves up to us to interpret, right? Again, we know that slavery is bad, uh, but it's interesting to think that see that these Igerians think nothing of it. They have no problem with with coming in, denying these people their their freedom, their existence, their lives, basically, to to sell them and 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 turn profit from them. Um, and again, well, again we're going to keep talking about that and the, and the wrongness overall of slavery, especially by the end of this episode, as, as I intend to turn the tables on the Republic, as, as I have done before. So get ready. So Anakin and Ahsoka had a bit of a situation with a, with two bombs. The final two bombs, they were linked together, and then they were pinned down by sniper droids. Uh, they solved the problem, as, as they are known to do. And they do it in a pretty good way, and then they defuse the bombs in time simultaneously, or else... One would go off the, out, the other one being there as they are signaling each other. And, again, we go back to the tower. Obi-Wan taking the beating. Uh, and, again, he seems to... Again, there, there's moments where it seems like Obi-Wan's like in, in real serious trouble, but I sort of get the impression that he's sort of faking it the entire time. What do you think? It doesn't feel like he's in any imminent danger at any particular point. Like, it doesn't look good for him. He's taking a lot of beating, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fists and body slams and all, the, all these things. Like... But you would assume he's using the force to kind of cushion these blows a little bit to kind of minimize the impacts and the damage as as it goes, uh, because again we've seen Obi-Wan in worse situations than this. He's just buying time. He so he's taking the punches, um, but let's be there now in the tower as as Obi-Wan uh, being held up by his neck in ready for possibly the ultimate choke slam is is. is going to be there to witness the bad news being delivered by the Separatist tactical droid to Darth about what exactly has been going on with the bombs.
3: Now I'll take revenge for my people, Jedi. Sir, you have an urgent transmission. Sorry to interrupt, sir, but you weren't responding. What is it? Uh, the Jedi have disarmed your bombs. What? Give me the detonator!
0: It certainly took him long enough this time.
1: He just crushes those droids. Like nothing. Well,
0: shall we discuss your surrender? Again. I still have one bomb left, Jedi.
3: Sir, how could you? Uh, All right.
1: So again, another little quibble of mine with this episode. As as Darsinar is pushing the tactical droid that's now turned into a bomb at Obi Wan, I don't know why Obi Wan just doesn't catch the tactical droid, either throw it back at Darsinar and knock them both out the window. <laughs> Again, yes, I am calling for the murder of Darsanar. He is a filthy slaver, as Anakin said. So I agree with him on this. (laughs) Or at the very least, take the tactical droid in the force and then throw him out the window, which is ultimately what he does, but not before uh, letting Darsanar escape, uh, at least escape the tower. And this leads to Anakin and Ahsoka refusing, Anakin in particular, uh, his anger getting the best of him as he's like, I'm not letting that scumbag get out of here. I'm on it. So, yeah. And again, Anakin's anger in this is, is, again, it's not the Jedi way, but it's justified because we know his origins. We know the scars that he has from his time as a slave. So, it's interesting to see his desire to make sure this slaver isn't going to get away with what he's done. And again, I think at this point, they have to, Anakin, I think at the very least, has to suspect that the Zygerians have enslaved. The Tegrida on this colony. Uh, so, again, if they if the Jedi aren't thinking that at this point, I don't know. Again, they should be thinking this. <laughs> they really <laughs> ought to be thinking this. Like put the pieces together here: Separatists, missing colonists, Zygerian slavers. Hmm. It's not hard arithmetic, and I'm not good at math at all. So maybe the Jedi should have caught on a smidge earlier to what was really going on here, and that way you would have uh, been able to interrogate Darsenar about this a bit sooner uh, from a bit more of a position of power. But, again, let's check out with uh, Anakin again refusing to let Darsenar get away.
0: Anakin! Anakin, come in! Dinar is making his escape from the tower. On our way! We'll
3: never catch him in time!
0: I am not letting that slaver scum get away!
1: So this leads into the big uh, action sequence to close out the episode as oh- Ahsoka and Anakin spring from their transports uh, the ATRTs and then do a cool double force jump you know like like fallen order style uh onto Darsanar's ship as it is attempting to make its getaway uh, so they cover a lot of ground uh, on the ATRTs before they jump from them and then do their whole Jedi thing to get back on the ship. Anakin brings his lightsaber down, damaging one of the engines so Dinar can't make his escape, at least not easily. Uh, And then they get into the cargo bay. They fight a a Blixis creature that's also featured in the comic book adaptation, or in the the comic book that this is adapted from, I should say. Uh, Meanwhile, Ahsoka's going to make her way to the bridge. A little confrontation with Dinar there as Anakin deals with the Blixis, and and they have to do that whole thing. And again, it's a fun action sequence. I'm not going to play any clips from that because I want to get to the big moment at the end here, after the Blixis has fallen out of the cargo bay of the ship, Anakin comes back aboard, and now he's going up to have words with the Zygerian scum, because that's how he feels about it, and I agree.
3: Gotcha. Mission accomplished, Master. Where are the colonists? I will tell you nothing.
0: Where are they?
1: Okay, so if you're not seeing what I'm seeing, it is Anakin Skywalker holding his lightsaber hilt to the neck of the Zygerian. The threat, obviously, being that he will turn it on in a moment and end this Zygerian slaver scum's life. Master. My
3: queen is going to bring back the royal slave auction, as in the days before the Jedi. Zygeria will be rich and powerful again. The Jedi will not stop us this time. We'll see about that.
1: All right, so that's the end of that sequence. Now we're going to go to the Jedi Temple on Coruscant and a, and a holo conversation. We got the Jedi Masters in Council here on Coruscant. We have Admiral Yularin on hologram. Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, uh, Anakin, and I, th- I think Captain Rex is in the scene as well, all holograms as-, as they're conversing on what to do next with this situation. Now that the, the, we know that t- the Togruta colonists have been taken, have been put enslaved by the Zygerians, and will be auctioned off on the slave market. And Master Yoda is going to drop some big knowledge on us at the end of this, and I can't wait for that part of it. Hang on. Let's go.
0: General Skywalker, I ran the bio scan twice, but the results were negative. Are you saying the colonists are not in the city? I'm saying they're not even on the planet.
1: Okay, so <laughs> I did forget that part. <laughs> that they still haven't put these pieces together. The like, Zygarian tells them about, like, we're bringing back the slave market. Yeah! Why would he talk about that if he didn't have those, like, the, the, the Toguta colonists to be on the market? <laughs> it's Jedi. They're a little slow. I know they got a lot on their plates, but come on, guys. You pick up the slack.
2: The entire population appears to have simply vanished.
3: Vanished? That's impossible. Those are my people. Troubling is the return of the Zygarians. It is likely they mean to use Dooku to rebuild their slaver empire. We cannot allow that, Master. Agree, I do. But first, find the colonists. You must. In great danger, they are. What is it, master? Sansaiju, A darker hand in this mystery. Slavery, a great tool it is for the
1: rise of the sin. Boom. And that's Yoda. Not even... He's just dropping the knowledge, right? But not realizing... The context of the knowledge, like it's what we've been talking about. It's one of my favorite things to get into on on this show. The 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 cloud of the dark side that has fallen over the Jedi has fallen over the Republic, not even allowing them to see that the Jedi are wrong because they are using a slave army themselves, and they haven't even questioned it. They haven't even had the 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 the, the self awareness to to see. That This is how, this was the, 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 the attack on Geonosis, the, the, the employ of the clone army that, that Master sifo uh, ordered, that all of it is, is part of a grander scheme, that they are falling right into the trap. It is, it is a trap built for a Jedi, and not the kind that Obi-Wan and Anakin can spring, because this is one that requires the Jedi to do what Jedi do. And they are ensnaring themselves in it. And again, they don't see it. They don't see it yet. And again, we're, we'll be forced to confront these issues uh, in this arc and then, again, later on in, in the series itself. But it's something to always keep in your mind as a, as a Star Wars fan. Uh, the, the, the complexity of Sidious's plan is not always easily discernible, right? Like, we don't spend a lot of time... Star Wars is, is very good at not hammering you on the head with things, Right. So sometimes the nuance of, of these things can go under the radar in, unless you are just the, the kind of fan who wants to pay attention and kind of dive into these things. And this is one of those angles uh, of the prequel era that I really find the most fascinating was the, 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 the notion that by simply using the clones – it was a self-fulfilling prophecy of doom for the Jedi Order, and they missed it. They all missed it. Now, again, there are Jedi who question the Clone Wars, and we're going to talk about them later on as, as because they have episodes featured later in the season. We saw a bit of that with Krell in the last arc. Disillusioned, has seen a vision, but doesn't realize the scope of, of what's of what's going on with the fall of the Jedi and like necessarily the way that it's coming about. You know, Krell's visions is mostly fueled by internal, he sees visions of internal fighting amongst the Republic that brings about the downfall of the Jedi and all these other things, but he doesn't see that the, down, the downfall of the Jedi has already begun because of the Clone Wars in general, and, and it's a complete lack of failing on on their part uh, to sense that, to understand that, and to to stop that, to subvert that. They go right into it headlong. They're like, we must defend the Republic, and look, there's this, this army waiting for us that Sifo-Dyas ordered to be built. And again, we will play with that as we get along in the, in the series, uh, because we're in season four and we start getting into some more of the, of the thicker levels of the tapestry, of, of, the, of the mythology uh, um, at this point. Because we start to pull those layers back as we spend more time with these characters, as these characters sort of reach their, their culmination before we get to episode three. Because remember, this show's got a finite lifespan. It has to dovetail into, into Revenge of the Sith. So there's an arc for all of them to go on. It's a journey for all of them to go on. And it's not necessarily always the one for self-discovery, um, but as the audience, for us to get to see what's going on behind the scenes, the the machinations of Palpatine and how he's won from day one, uh, and now it's just a, a sort of question of how quickly can he win? You know, he needs to get all of his pieces into place for the new order, right? For for the Empire to rise, uh, and it's it's just sort of this is every battle we see the republic win is a, is almost like a stall it's it's a slight delay it's a bump in the road for palpatine but it's also a necessary bump in the road because he's he's nurturing anakin skywalker he's plotting his turn to the dark side all these things are happening at the same time so every time the republic wins they're actually losing and they don't even know it that's that's sort of like again the the sort of deep machinations that that palpatine's running the games within games within games and and, and you know he, he, this guy he's not 10 moves ahead he's not 7 moves ahead he's he's playing a whole different game you know it, it, what's the, what's the expression like we're playing checkers He's that dude's playing chess now, the jedi they're playing go fish <laughs> and and palpatine's over there with like seven hot 3D chess boards like they're not even in the same league right now the shroud of the dark side is on the republic it is on the jedi and they they are Completely unaware of it at this point. And, and so it's not until we get to episode three that these things begin to dawn on Master Yoda and Obi-Wan and, and the other Jedi, just how far they have fallen during the course of the Clone Wars. So great stuff. I love how this episode closes out because, again, it's it Master Yoda's closing words, just so much food for thought, right? Ugh, love it. I love it. This is eight buckets, easy. Uh, it's it's a relatively straightforward episode, but the overall uh, uh, context that we're going to get from the rest of the arc... I think makes it stand out really nicely, but it's just the opening number. I, I think if memory serves, episodes two and three are very, very nice as well. And I can't wait to dive more deeply into the, into that tapestry, into the, the, again, the sort of fabric of slavery in the Republic in star Wars. And again, I'm not going to be overhand, over over uh, heavy handed and try to beat us on the head about slavery in our world. We all know that history. We know the wrongness of that. I think we can all agree in the wrongness of slavery in general, so we're try to keep everything limited to to what's in Star Wars, uh, because that's important. That's what the show's about. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to have like some PhD course on on uh, the cause and effect of slavery in the in the world. Uh, it's just not this podcast. You're at the wrong show. But in the, co- the the context of Star Wars, we can talk about that all day. All right, let's go ahead wrap this one up. Uh, this was season four, episode eleven, kidnapped. Again, kind of gives away the the big reveal at the end there that uh, they're you know, trapped by the Zygerians, but I I think we all should have been catching on to that a lot sooner than we did. (laughs) So, another reminder, reach out to us on social media. We're at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. I will definitely get back to you. Uh, You can like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. I would be greatly appreciative of that. Grow the army. Grow the Buckethead Legions uh, it'd be so, so wonderful. A great way to support the show if you have the time and the inclination is to give us a five-star review. Those help us defeat the tyranny of the algorithm and, and uh, the, the slavery of the algorithm, if you will. I mean, a lot, in, in a sense, not to get too deep in the weeds on this one, but in a sense, we are all slaves to the algorithm in one way or the other. You know, that thing tells us what to do, what to listen to, what to look at. We must fight it at all costs. all right. Do not be a slave to the algorithm. That is what I say about that. So give me a five-star review, and I will help buck the system. <laughs> at least that's my plan. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, if you want to support the show in other ways, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash mandivision You can join the ManDivision maniacs and hang out with super cool people like the Naspin the Batman of Beho, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host on The Ringing Ear, a great music podcast that I'm a fan of. Check that out. I've even been on an episode. It was a while ago, though. Uh, thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pryor Brewing Company here in San Diego, and Baltimore, Maryland, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops, the Silent Assassin, he who, Shall, who, excuse me, he who Shall Not Be Named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of Come On, Is So Good, a great movie podcast that I am also a big, big fan of and an occasional guest on. All right, thank you all so much for the support, for the love. I hope everyone is doing well, staying uh, awesome, and and being as rad as can be. Uh, I know the world is is crazy still. There's all kinds of – it just feels like it's one thing after the other, isn't it? We can't catch our breath, but we can – when we do have that moment, when we need a little respite, we can turn on Star Wars. We can turn on a Star Wars podcast, and we can get a little bit of escape from uh, sort of the the grimness of the world around us, which is uh, sometimes just daunting sometimes just daunting. And, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. There are, are times when I am beyond frustrated. I go to dark places uh, and I I turn to a lot of podcasts, uh, uplifting positive podcasts, fun podcasts, and, and they make me feel a lot better about things. And they give me a little respite from uh, the, the, the internal whirlwind of my brain, which I definitely need to get away from sometimes. So uh, that's all I can suggest. If, if, if you're feeling yourself get a little low, uh, just find that thing that makes you happy whether it's, it's Star Wars or Marvel or reading a good book somewhere or getting a rad cup of coffee or a super cool alcoholic beverage. That, you know, do your thing. Be you. Be happy. Be awesome. And if you see someone else struggling out there, you help, help them out the best you can as well. You know, just let them know that you're there. And that is super important stuff. Alright, let's get out of here. Again, I think I said it. Eight buckets on this episode. We'll be back for part two of the Zygerian ring the slave empire as it attempts to rebuild as, as the Jedi attempt to shut that s down. Alright? <laughs> we'll talk to you all later. You know what that means. This podcast only ends one way. This is the way. This
3: is the way. This is the way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy
2: sorcerers? This is the way.